really such an honor to, to stand in the presence of God. I don't know, for me, I, um, at some point, my, my heart was blocked and became hardened. And uh, the Lord did the miracle of restoring it back to me. So I'm not going to stop my tears. <laughs> I'm not going to stop my, my broken heart sometime. It's a privilege to share with the Lord in his broken heart for the world. It's a privilege to be his people for such a time as this. It's a privilege to be alive today. My wife Natalia and I, we are so privileged that the Lord would trust us to send us to such a huge, amazing, beautiful nation like the U.S. Do you feel beautiful? I want you to start to feel beautiful because you belong to him. And he promised in Ephesians that he will bring to himself a bride without blemish, without wrinkles. He will wash our feet. He will meet with us over and over and over and over because he is faithful to bring to himself. <laughs> when the Lord was calling me to go to those difficult nations, I was looking at my own life with you know, and I said, Lord, no, you know, the Americans, you know, they have nice blue passport and green money. I have the green passport. It doesn't go anywhere. But the Lord says, no, it's you. You will be my witness. Like the verse in Isaiah 43, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord that I am God. I'm only here because I accepted my role to be a witness for what God wants to do. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. And he said, Hanny, your job is a witness. My job is God. Do not mix the two together. Do not get confused. In the midst of the confusion the world is going through, do not get confused. We are witnesses to see the power of God come save lives, save people, God did not give this job to the government. God did not give this job to the rich people. God did not. God said, do not be afraid, little flock, us. For your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. And I want to suggest, just before we read the scripture for today and dive into the beautiful word of God, I want to suggest that, the, that, that there is a shift. There is a big shift. I don't know what to call it. It's not transformation. It's like... Uh, Another reformation, I don't even know if I'm saying the right words in English, <laughs> but something like, like the days of Martin Luther maybe. Something is shifting and Christians around the world, I get to travel to many places and I get to witness this. And I'm responsible to also share what I witness, especially if I feel the Lord is saying to me, share what you witness. <laughs> okay, this towel is here. You know why? Because there were many people baptized in the first service, and it was beautiful. <laughs> so I'm just going to put it aside. Um, so I get to witness. I get to witness a shift from a season of a church-based Christianity. I'm putting it in my best uh, English way and, and, and way of thinking as a Middle Eastern Christian. Church-based Christianity to kingdom Christianity that is spreading, that's going out of the church. And as if we were pulled, we were pulled and pulled and pulled like in his, in his, his we are his arrow. He is holding us and pulling us and we feel stretched. 
but it is only to shoot us on target perfectly. So we are here to surrender to him. <laughs> I'm here to surrender to him. We are so humble that even the Lord would trust us to bring us to Grand Rapids, to Michigan. I don't know why. We lived in the best weather in the world. <laughs> we had amazing, beautiful life with, you know, every day you could go out and walk. <laughs> and I tried five times here when I came here, and then I went back quickly. Because <laughs> I thought literally I might get frozen in the middle of the street <laughs> until someone find me and say, uh, so... I thought maybe I should write a tag or something. <laughs> if I get frozen, they can send me back to, to my address. <laughs> you know, Amazon, send home delivery. So, friends, we, we are in an amazing season, and I thank God that I'm alive today. And uh, we're just going to dig into the Word of God. I, I love the younger generation, and I want to ask my sister, Sarah, to come and just help me read the scripture this morning. You're around Sarah somewhere. Are you here? <laughs> yes, you are here. Thank you. Can we stand up together for the reading of God's word for, from Mark 6, verse 30? Yes, please. Thank you, John. Mark 6, verse 30 through 42. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place, but many saw them leaving and recognized them. And they ran on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. When it had grew late, his disciples approached him and said, this place is deserted and it is already late. Send them away so that they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. You give them something to eat, he responded. They said to him, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he instructed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. He kept giving to them, to his disciples, to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Everyone ate and was satisfied. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words. We thank you for what you want to open to us today. We thank you for what you want to impart to us today. Father, I open up my mind, my heart, my hands, my ears. Everything, Lord, within me long to hear your voice, long to receive a breakthrough from you today. So thank you for your word for us today. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. 
Just by the way, for us in the Middle East, this is Resurrection Day. It's today. <laughs> so thank you for helping us celebrate it today with you. This is so beautiful. But just looking at the Word of God, so precious, so beautiful. And uh, I know this is a very, very familiar scripture to us. Jesus steps out of the boat and he's filled with compassion. He saw the people like sheep without a shepherd. But then he does the best. He starts to speak to them. He starts to bless them. And in the middle of the whole event, the disciples, very good human people, <laughs> they see that there's hungry crowd. And so they tell Jesus, are you just going to carry on talking or will you, <laughs> will you also, you know, send them to eat? Let them go, buy some things and come back. And here's what hit me the most of the story and what I feel the weight of the Spirit of God for us this morning. Jesus speaks to them and said, you, you give them to eat. Why do you want to make those clever human plans? <laughs> Why go anywhere? You give them to eat. And I know when Jesus calls me to go to the Middle East, to North Africa, to difficult people, quote-unquote, because there is nothing difficult for him, when he calls me, I can go because of his word. I can go because he said... You go, you give them to eat. But Lord, I have nothing. Well, just look, look in your pocket, look, look somewhere, search. Okay, we have one piece of bread. We have another one, two, three. We have one fish. Oh, we have two fish now. Jesus, but if you take it and bless it, it's going to be more than enough. I love it. But Jesus, like he does often, he brings it back to us. You give them to eat. And I think this is the message for us today. The world is scrambled. The world is confused. The world is hungry for the truth. No one else will have it. <laughs> there is only one truth. There is only one north. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of even books written and newspapers and social media. And there's a lot of noise. There is no other time like this time where pursuing the God of miracles, the God of breakthrough, is so much needed. Because everybody's talking, 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 talking. Then comes Jesus, and he's not only talking, he is talking and doing. So friends, as the church globally shifts from an era of a church-based Christianity, you know, the pastor will do it for me. Oh, the church should be a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> or, 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 or God is delivering us from this. This is what God, can you see what God is doing? Can you see what happened? Yes, we are a little bit angry because we couldn't meet physically for a couple of years. Yes, yes, yes. But it was a wonderful time for all of us. You know when you send your children to time out? 
in COVID time, it felt like God sent the whole world to time out. <laughs> you know, just go sit in your room, <laughs> think about what you're doing. And one day I heard myself saying, oh, I can't wait until everything is back to normal. And then I stopped myself like, back to normal? Really? No, Lord, I don't want it back to normal. We want now the fulfillment of all the promises. We want now the fulfillment of what you have. Lord, normal was not good. <laughs> Lord, come and change situations. Come and break through. Friends, today the message for us that we are pursuing the God of miracles. The God that can take whatever we have, how small it is, how big it is, it doesn't matter. By the way, if you think it is big, it's still small in, <laughs> for him because he's such a big, 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 big God. And he trusted some of us with a little and he trusted some of us with more. But the needs of the world around us, whatever we have is like those five loaves of bread, two fishes, two fish to give it to him and allow him to bless it and stand there. <laughs> I'm just seeing this picture. Okay, Jesus, here's our two fish, five bread. Bye-bye, we're going to sit and watch you with the crowd. No, no, no. Your job is not finished. <laughs> Wait, I am going to give it back to you and I'm going to ask you to give it to the hungry people. Is there people around you that are waiting for a miracle? Is there people around you that are waiting for a breakthrough? When I speak about a miracle, I'm not following miracles. I'm following the God of miracles. <laughs> because I know that my God is the God of miracles. Because I have seen him. We've witnessed him. Natal and I traveled to so many nations. I arrive in Europe one day, the big crisis of the refugees, big crisis. Literally millions of people flooding the Middle East. And in the midst of it, there is trouble because there are some radical people that want to take radical religious stuff to Europe. You think God is impressed? You think Jesus is scared of it? No. He meets with them. <laughs> he meets with them in Europe. He meets with them as they are refugees. My friend, actually in Lebanon, uh, he's a refugee himself and he works with the refugees in Lebanon and he's one of the leaders we work with and he gives me a heads up, I'm visiting with him to encourage, mainly to encourage him and the group of leaders, him and his family and the leaders that work with him. He says, but come and spend the day with me like, like, like I, I do most of the days. I said to him, this is perfect. I'm going to spend the day with you. I do whatever that you normally do. So he gives me heads up about this one uh, Syrian refugee lady that lives on top of a uh, uh, deserted building. Nobody lives in it with her family. So he just wants me to prepare myself because this lady have a, like an older lady, have a 40-year-old paralyzed child. Her husband could not take the stress of the war and the uh, as they started to leave Lebanon and get, sorry, as they started to leave Syria and get into Lebanon as refugees. So he left her, her husband left her. She was left alone with her kids, few kids, but one of them is a 40-year-old. She carried him in her journey all the way. 
refugee in Lebanon. And my friend is telling me the story to prepare myself, you know, so I'm preparing my heart for a, a heavy visit. And I'm preparing my words how to encourage this lady. And I arrive, I will never forget it. We, there's no lift. It's like the seventh floor or something like that, deserted building. We go, she created for herself, like with some plastic, like a refuge. She lives with her kids underneath it. I get in and she prepared a table for us. <laughs> the table is just a, a cloth on the floor with a lot of plates, with food. She put everything she has to receive us. Smiling, welcoming us, hugging me, saying thank you for coming. We sat with her paralyzed child and the other children and suddenly I realized I'm not the one encouraging her. She's the one encouraging me. And then I asked her, I said to her, please honestly tell me, what is this? She said, honey, because I left my country, on the way here, I met with Jesus. Isn't Jesus the best thing I found? For meeting Jesus, whatever price, is no problem at all. I'm amazed of what's happening in our world today. I go to this place in Europe, and uh, I, I can't believe myself. So I've been, we've been like 30 plus years doing this, okay? I know I don't look 30 at all, even to start with, but, <laughs> but, uh, and I never imagined one day I would be standing in a room, my friend who has a center, who receives refugees from all over, that's a European country now, and that's the goal of the refugees. They love if they can get into Europe. There's a better chance. There's better help. There's more government support and so on. And my friend who is a Syrian himself, who immigrated 20 plus years to that country in Europe, and he's receiving the people. He finally, he said to me, Hanny, finally I understand why the Lord brought me here 20 years ago. For 20 years I didn't understand. <laughs> now I understand to be ready to help my people in this time of crisis. Hundreds and hundreds of people coming to know Jesus. In the middle of the crisis, in the middle of the shaking. I never imagined I would be standing in a room that have 200 people or so, some from Afghanistan, some from Iran, some from Pakistan, some from Syria, some from Iraq, some of the most difficult nations, as 30 years ago they were teaching us missions and we're reading the books. These are the most 1040 windows, so hard, the church is underground, and now I'm standing in front of them freely, we're worshiping, we're sharing the gospel. I don't know who's Christian, who's not Christian, who's going to become angry at me at the back there and maybe have a fight with me after, who... But you find yourself in a situation like this, but you know the presence of God is here, everything is okay. <laughs> I start speaking to them uh, and literally seven, 10 minutes into like preaching and I, I sense the Lord saying to me, Hany, you can stop now, <laughs> stop preaching. Uh, they are ready, call them, call them to embrace me, to come to know me. And I'm like, 
you know, when you, when you have that experience, you get confused a little bit. I don't get it always right, okay? <laughs> so I'm like, but like that voice is not leaving me. So I call them, and people coming to know the Lord. People coming to know the Lord. Some from Iran, some from Pakistan, some from, like, Lord, what is happening in our day? My friend says, let me take you upstairs because there is a special person that I want you to meet. She couldn't, for security reasons, be with us in the meeting down here. Sure. I go upstairs. This lady, I said to her, ma'am, tell me your story. And she said, I am from Iraq. I had to run away under a lot of pressure. I was targeted in Iraq. She said to me, you will know later. She ran away all the way from Iraq, reached Europe. She said, as soon as I arrived in Europe, with all the stress, with all the hardships, I discovered I have cancer in late, late stages. I'm about to die. The doctors have to operate. But just before the operation came a team from that refugee center. Other refugees, other refugees who believed in Jesus. <laughs> Part of their strategy is to go to the hospital, try to find other refugees who are sick, to pray for them, and they believe in the name of Jesus when they pray. People are going to get healed, or they are going to get touched by God, or something is going to happen to them which will bring them to the kingdom. Simple faith. <laughs> so she said, a small group of those people that you see downstairs came to me in the hospital, prayed over me. When they started to pray, she said, I feel so much heat hit my body, and I felt something happened in my body, I believed that Jesus healed me. So I said to the doctors, you're not going to operate me. And uh, this woman was a strong, strong woman, you know? Like, we in the Middle East, we say a woman and half, you know? <laughs> so like, really strong. She's <laughs> so she said, you will not operate me. You are going to do more scans, and you are going to see if something happened to me because I think I'm better. Yes, she was healed. She was healed. She said, yes. Because our Jesus, our God, is the God of miracles. It's him who feeds. She said to me, just before we go away from the story, do you know who am I? I said, no, but you are someone. <laughs> I'm Saddam Hussein's cousin. That's why I was targeted. That's why I had to run away with the shifts and the changes there. Like, Lord, wow. Wow, there's nothing difficult for you. And she said to me, and by the way, why are you Christians so quiet and timid? Why don't you say it stronger to us? Why don't you share it more boldly with us? How can I help you? <laughs> And yes, I agree with her. It's time to be a little bit forceful. And I'm not saying forceful to push people. It's time to be forceful against the enemy. It's time to be forceful against the accuser. It's time to be forceful against the one that is robbing us from our inheritance. It's time to possess the land. Because God did not call the Israelites to just cross the Red Sea. He really called them to cross the Jordan River, to possess the land. Let my people go to worship me and feast for me, by the way. Not only worship, but to feast, to, 
rejoice in this life, to enjoy this life, to possess the land. When the Lord challenged me with those two crossings years ago, I realized I know the story of the Red Sea, the crossing of the Red Sea, very well. Because I preached it a lot. It's a spectacular story. But I don't know the story of the crossing of the Jordan. I can't remember it so well. I can't remember the details. But the Jordan crossing is to possess the land, to realize the victory, is to put a flag, to get your inheritance, to fulfill the promises, to see a breakthrough. I love to repeat it all the time. I'm here not saying that I follow miracles, but I follow the God of miracles. Because he promised and he said, when I send you, these signs and wonders will follow you. <laughs> so we're not following the signs and wonders, we are, but the signs and wonders, we must expect it to follow. But what's the secret? How do we experience a miracle? One time I, I said, Lord, if there is a recipe for miracles, you know, can I Google this? Okay, you can Google almost everything, but there's some things you cannot Google. <laughs> you cannot Google the presence of God among his people in a church like this. You cannot Google the heart of God. <laughs> I'm just saying it. <laughs> and I felt the Lord said to me, go to the first miracle that I've ever done, and I will give you the secret from there. I go to the first miracle, we all remember, it's the miracle of turning water into wine. And I read it and I, you know, I'm very familiar with the scripture. And sometimes we become so familiar with God, so familiar with the scriptures, I can't see anything. Read it again. I read it again. I can't see it. <laughs> Lord, how do we experience miracles in our lives? Tell me something amazing, spectacular. And suddenly I see it. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to the people, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And then I realized, oh, I'm not hearing always. Oh, sometimes I hear, but I don't have strength to do it. Whatever he says, do it. Because we are following the God of miracles. We are not following miracles, but we are following the God of miracles. But we will expect God to come through in our lives. God to come through in our families. God to come through with sickness situations and change it like he changed it for Saddam Hussein's cousin. God is coming through to do what we cannot do. Is this space in between awkward space? Yes, it is. Because we can't control it. Because we can't Google it most of the time. Because we don't know it. But I want to invite you in this incredible journey of always bringing the two fish and the five loaves of bread and giving it to Jesus and not quitting. <laughs> 
and wait there. Wait there until Jesus gives it back to you and tells you, okay, say that. Pray that. Do that. Give this. But friends, if our doings and actions are predetermined and planned, and then it doesn't fit in the schedule of the day and the busyness of life, Another year is going to pass, the world is the same. Another war is going to come and our children, instead of going to the mission field to preach the gospel, they go to war. We have to stand. We have to speak. We have to say what he wants to say because he needs vessels like us. He needs us to say it. He needs us to stand in proximity. He needs us to stand by him while he's taking from us what we have, the five loaves of bread, the two fish, and blessing it. He needs us to stay nearby and not be busy and not quit. Oh, Lord, it's so easy. We have a rich person here. He can go quickly and buy a lot of fish and a lot of bread and, and just, you know. No, we need patience and stamina and strength deep inside of us to stand in that awkward place in confidence, waiting for the Lord. And we are going to come to say to him like the words of Romans 8, we don't even know what we are ought to pray for, Lord. We don't even know what to pray, but we have groans. I don't have words. Many times I didn't have words. But I have cries. I have groans. I have tears. I have knees to worship you. Sometimes I don't know what to say. But Lord, I'm lifting my hands to say I'm needy. Like Rod led us earlier as we were worshiping. Lord, we need you. Every day, Lord, apart from you, I can do nothing. So friends, I sense today, just it's so strong in my spirit. Honey, you give them to eat. There is a lot of refugees. There is a lot of needs. There is a lot of confusion. Wherever I'm sending you, I'm giving you my word. Just cleanse your ears, honey. <laughs> cleanse your heart from clutter so that the words that come to your ears drop into a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. So I have this picture, the words coming to my ears, dropping to my heart, convicting me, but filling me with faith and strength that I can walk and do whatever he says to you, do it. I struggle sometimes because if it is about someone giving eloquent, wonderful teaching and preaching on a Sunday morning, I mean, it can't be, this is wonderful, but, but it can't be it, right? That can't be it, because you can do this from home. You can Google the best teaching. There is definitely a better speaker than, than, than anyone here in this. There is someone that is so good, you can Google. So why did we come here? <laughs> we come here because in the presence of God, 
together as we come like this in this beautiful circle here, as we lay our hearts, our lives before him, seek his face together, stand with one another, support one another, a miracle can happen. <laughs> Creates the best atmosphere. <laughs> I almost want to call it a pregnant atmosphere for a miracle to be birthed, for something to happen, for a breakthrough to take place. One day, we had the terrible news from the doctor that we can't have children. Long story short, <laughs> we come here to Grand Rapids. It was one of our early visits to Grand Rapids. Our friends who are so wonderful, they said, we know the best in vitro doctor in the world, one of the best. We're going to take you there. We go there, confirms everything, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, <laughs> I'm already making it long. <laughs> the Lord does a miracle for us. And we are healed. But then we lose that first pregnancy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Confusion. Everything is scrambled. Difficulty. I'm wrestling with God. I have no words to speak. I am starting to judge myself. The enemy, the accuser of the brother, and he loves this kind of situation. <laughs> Accusing me. Oh, you're the missionary. Look at you. Oh, you already told the people God did a miracle for you. Look at this. You know, and the enemy will never have like, uh, you know, the decency of, you know, he already lost a child. Just leave him alone, you know. No, no. <laughs> he will not leave you alone. Friends, we cannot leave ourselves there. And I broke through when the Lord met with me in a very intimate way. And he said to me, Hany, did you grieve that you lost this child? Yes, Lord, he said, because you prayed and asked me many times, saying, Lord, give me your heart. I want to give you a piece of my heart. Did you grieve you lost this child? Yes, Lord, I grieved. He said, I want you to know I also grieve when I lose my children. Do you desire to have children? Second question. Lord, yes, I desire to have children. He said, I wanted you to know this secret place in my heart. I also desire to have children. What you're doing, Henny, in this mission work, you're not doing it for a mission organization. You're not doing it in the name of some denomination. You're not doing it because it's your career. You're not doing it for money. You're not doing it for fame. You're doing it for me. So friends, when there's shakings and stories in our lives and confusion in our lives, I want to suggest to us, be still and know that he is God. He will be exalted in our lives. He will be exalted in Michigan. He will be exalted in the United States of America. He is not needing Anything up there or top there or president there or government there, he is needing you and me. It's a kingdom that is ready to be manifested on earth as it is in heaven with a king who is there and ready 
is just missing the people of the kingdom, <laughs> us. But that's over. <laughs> we are going to rise up. <laughs> we are going to say, Lord, we're coming to take our place in the kingdom. We will not leave when we give you what we have and just say, oh, come on, Jesus, you do it, you do it. No, we believe what you said to us. We will give them to, to eat. They will be fed. The people around us will be fed. And Lord, we will experience you doing miracles, signs, and wonders again. Not because of the miracles itself. Not because, come on, I mean miracles. We're praying now for, do you think God is going to do our will for us? I don't think so. <laughs> it is a miracle that we can yield to him and worship him and that we can do his will for him. <laughs> that we listen clearly to his instructions. We listen clearly to what he's saying. And that's why it was so powerful in... Um, In Luke 10, verse 20, the disciples come to Jesus and say to him, Lord, they were so excited. In your name, we cast out demons. Lord, in your name, we heal the sick. And then I hear this beautiful answer of Jesus. He says, as if I hear, relax, relax, guys. <laughs> Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. <laughs> Rejoice that your names, meaning all these things, for sure they are going to follow you. But I don't know if sometimes we just lowered our expectations or reduced our Christianity to something that is a little bit less. Today, I feel, just as I'm speaking, actually, you know, I have notes here, and I feel the Lord is pushing me away from them. I'm just, I'm just telling you, because I feel what God wants to do today is restore hope for us, restore strength for us. Hope is that bridge that is taking us to faith and to confidence, and the enemy have been bombarding this for a couple of years and more, you know. Bombardment, bombardment, hope, bombarded. I hope for this, and then this happened, and then this one gets sick, and then someone else gets, you know, it's just the stories upon stories upon stories upon stories. Hope, you know, with what, what the U.S. went through for the last couple of years. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And before we know it, we are like almost gassed <laughs> and getting tired and dizzy and almost falling asleep because it's, it's better to just kind of forget. <laughs> and today, I'm sensing deep in my heart, just in a little bit, there's baptisms of beautiful kids that is coming up. And I pray that God is going to touch the lives of many of us. Rejoice. Rejoice for your names are written in the book of life. 
later on we're going to give the invitation, not just for the kids that are planned <laughs> to get baptized today, but for anyone today. Anyone. And my word for this that is coming to my heart, redeem the time for the days are evil. Redeem the time for the days are evil. And as our hope is restored, God is restoring our voices to us. He's restoring those groans in us. And he's going to interpret those groans, those things that we carry deep inside of us, into specific words, specific actions. We're not going to turn away from our sick friends because we don't know how to handle it. We will be filled with compassion like Jesus was filled with compassion. We will take our place. We will say, yes, Lord. Use my voice. <laughs> Use my obedience, Lord. Yes, Lord. By your grace, I will hear your voice and I will recognize it. My sheep hears my voice and they follow me. <laughs> Lord, we will not only hear and then get confused again. We will hear and we will ask you the next question. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to act? And Lord, we will not start by saying, but how? <laughs> because many times I missed it because of that. <laughs> Can I share that with you? The Lord is saying something to me, and my first thing, because I'm a fast kind of guy, <laughs> horse, and the Lord many times have to hunt me, pull me down, sick, many times it happened, <laughs> just to speak to me about what he wants and how he wants it. <laughs> so Lord, we're not going to shut your ideas by saying, but how? The people are hungry. There are thousands. How? Sorry, that's not your business. <laughs> that's not your business. That's not our business. As worshipers, as sons and daughters of the living God, we have only one business. To say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? I will not start by how, how much I have, what I can afford, what's logical. You know, and sometimes, you know, uh, I would say, okay, Lord, but we tried this before and it didn't work. <laughs> Who are you, Hanny, to say that? If you asked me to change the times and seasons and I answered your prayers, who are you to say, we tried this before and it didn't work? So friends, I believe the Lord is going to ask us to do things that we tried prematurely. <laughs> but now is the time. Some of the kids here, I believe today is your day. And I'm just going to end and then we're going to just worship together a little bit and come around a moment just to let the Lord work in our hearts. I'm just going to end with the story of the Two disciples going to Emmaus. The story is in Luke 24. Just to use the rest of the time to get into this place of worship and into this place of the Lord dealing with our minds, our hearts, our guts. 
to believe again, to hope again. Remember the story of the two disciples on Mice. I love the story. They're walking with Jesus, but not recognizing that he is Jesus. <laughs> they are telling Jesus about Jesus. <laughs> and you know, they reach home. It was a long walk. They reach home, their home. And the Bible says, you can read it in Mark 24. The Bible says that when they reach home, Jesus pretended. Okay, this is a very Middle Eastern point. <laughs> Jesus pretended that he's going to carry on. But the Bible says, the word says, they insisted. Okay? So we here in America, we need to insist more. <laughs> Some cultures are more insisting than other cultures. So, okay, we are one together. We are one culture together. And you have some of the insisting people with you now. Okay? We're going to be a little bit more forceful. They insisted on Jesus. Imagine they didn't insist. <laughs> They insisted. Then Jesus comes in. And you know the rest of the story. Jesus takes the bread. And when he breaks it, their eyes are open. And they, ah, oh, wow, Jesus. <laughs> it is you that we've been walking with all of this. And we didn't recognize you. And then when Jesus left, there's another thing that's so beautiful. They talked to one another and said, Weren't our hearts burning within us? <laughs> so friends, today, whatever that is burning in your heart, if your heart is burning about something, if your heart is burning because as the Lord is opening his word to us today in that way and restoring hope and restoring faith, if your heart is burning because there is, there is a sickness around and you, you know, you, you just, you are sick and tired of the reports of the doctor, I'm not saying God is going to do our will for us. I am saying we are going to enjoy the closeness and the prayer and the faith to trust God that he can heal, that he can touch, that he can work on us, that he can open our eyes to see what we need to see through difficult seasons and situations that we are going, we're going through. I want to trust God for restored marriages today, the miracle of a restored marriage. If you ask my wife, you know, I am like the Lord did a lot of miracles with me to become, you know, just such a stubborn person. You know, I'm Egyptian. You know, the Bible said about the Israelites that they are stiff-necked people, right? Imagine us Egyptians that enslaved them. You know, Im imagine. <laughs> but for God to deal with my stubborn heart, stubborn mind, there is nothing too difficult for him. There is nothing. So worship team, please, let's come. Let's worship the Lord together. I, I feel, yeah, let's just stop here. And if your heart is burning within you, do not neglect that. If he is saying something to you, and actually, as, as we worship, way maker, Miracle worker. We're going to worship the, with this song. Promise keeper. In the darkness that I'm experiencing, Lord, you are the light. And I'm going to see the light. This is who you are. 
I wanted to also, if you don't mind, some of the people from the younger generation, and I'm not going to even define the younger generation, <laughs> I just feel to invite you to come forward, just to come, to come just surround, surround this stage here. Please, don't leave me alone here. Get courage, because I want to share something specifically with you. 15, 16, 17, 18, 20s, or older, if you feel young, just come around here. Because in a minute, there will be baptism, and I, I would love it that you support the kids that are younger than you. Come. And I want to say sorry to you. As the older generation, and maybe, we didn't show you the God of miracles. Would you forgive us? I think Rod is here and I want to invite him to, to come join me whenever he's around. And I would like to invite some of the elders and older generation people to come behind this beautiful younger generation. And just in, in worshiping the God of miracles. And before we enter into baptism now, the greatest miracle is Him changing our lives. But we are sorry that we stop there. We're not going to stop there. Like everything is fine. We are going to go to heaven and everything is fine. Transaction is done. No. No. There is more. There is more. Forgive us. Younger generation, forgive us. With you, we want to experience the God of miracles. Forgive us for not saying that enough, not portraying that enough. Forgive us for settling with situations that needed breakthrough and we just were silent. Lord, we say to you, we will not be silent anymore. And we're not going to just say anything. We are going to say what you say to us. <laughs> because you are putting your word in us. So let's just worship together. I'm inviting the leaders, the younger generation. I'm inviting you that maybe did not plan to get baptized today, to get ready to get baptized. If your heart is burning within you, just follow that. Don't worry. You're not going to follow your mind anymore. You're going to follow your heart. You're going to follow the Spirit.